Mike, today we are back revisiting some of our favorite recurring subjects on this show, weird sports. And we have covered a bunch of really, really weird sports, and we're going to put some links in the show notes to those previous episodes if you want to catch up. Today we have three more to add to the the pantheon of Ungenious Weird Sports, combat juggling, deep water soloing, and land sailing. Really, we're just building the Ungenious Olympics. We, oh, we are. These are all the these are all the sports in the Ungenious Olympics. Would they happen in the winter or the summer? I think looking at the way that our sports are scheduled, I think both. Like it's just going to be like a six mm. month period of time. You know, it's like a real long run. It's just it's just year round. Uh-huh. It never ends. Uh-huh. Up first, we have combat juggling, and on the surface of things, this one is. On the simpler side. Yeah, this one kind of, you know, does what it says on the tin. Uh, two players <laughs> are juggling three juggling clubs at once and maintain their own juggling pattern while attempting to make the opponent drop one or more of their clubs. It kind of reminds me of when you were young and your siblings maybe were carrying something and you tried to knock it out of their hands. What'd you do to, what'd you do to Mark? He doesn't deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do to he him? knows what he did okay uh combat juggling can be played between two individual people or between pairs or even teams i bet that gets pretty wild you may be thinking that you could just go up to someone and knock them over but there is a level of civility to this sport players should only attack their opponent's clubs not their opponent's bodies and the last person left juggling is the winner this isn't just people going ham on each other out back either. There is some real organization to this sport. It's not just something played in the playground. The European Juggling Convention holds an event named Fight Night, while the World <laughs> Juggling Federation organizes the Major League Combat. Major League Combat. Fight Night. Yep, the MLC of the World Juggling Federation. So let's move on to deep water soloing. If you're into rock climbing, you probably have already heard of this, but it was new to us, so we're including it here. In short, this is a form of solo rock climbing that relies only on the presence of water at the base of the climb to protect climbers from injury if they fall. This sounds like it would show up on one of those reality TV shows where people have to compete wacky obstacle courses or I guess like Survivor or something. Uh, but it is a real thing dating back to 1978 when a climber named Mikel Riera started climbing sea cliffs in Spain after growing frustrated with other climbing courses in their area. I don't know if this was true for him, but I imagine one day he was just like getting his ropes and safety equipment together and like there was a knot he couldn't untie. He was like, dang it, the sea will catch me. <laughs> I'm done with this. It's just too done. much aggravation. And then off he goes, ready, ready to fall into the open arms of the ocean. Throughout the 1980s and 90s, the sport grew in popularity. Climbers would scale faces above the ocean, lakes, ponds, rivers, and even swimming pools. I don't understand. I don't understand the swimming pool part. Is there just a swimming pool at the bottom of a mountain? Like I don't understand how these two things go together. You know. I would imagine that's a a designed course at that point. Okay, then it's probably not a swimming pool, right? I'm not. I'm not judging you here. Like that is a catching pool. A, a climb catching pool is <laughs> a different thing. <laughs> In the early 2000s, it hit the mainstream when it was covered by the British magazine Climber. <laughs> 
Today, <laughs> deep water solo climbing can be found across Europe as well in places like Thailand and Vietnam. I have a problem with the magazine climbing. Do you? Okay. It took them at least 22 years before they climb before they covered this form of climbing. What else were they doing? It started in 1978 and it became popular throughout the 1980s and 1990s. But the climbing magazine didn't cover it until the 2000s. What, why are they just sleeping on the beat? Like, what are they doing over there at Climber, you know? I don't know. You Ridiculous. Go write a letter to the editor. I'm going to go find them. They're based in Britain. I'm going to go <laughs> give them a piece of my mind. Let me go do it's that. It's not a very big country. And you, you can just go around and find I'm them. I'm going to go handle that and you uh, thank our sponsor. This episode of Ungenius is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, products, services, and even the content you're creating. Squarespace has you covered. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools to start selling online. Their online store is really easy to set up, has great integrations with payment platforms and shipping and everything you need to take a product and get it out into the world. Uh, To get in front of more people, you can use their awesome SEO tools. They have a suite of integrated features and useful guides to help maximize prominence among search results. I use Squarespace anytime I've got a project to build. Right now, I'm building a site for a friend of mine. He's an architect. This is like my one friend with a cool job who's not a podcaster. And uh, we're using these really large photos and really clean topography. It's going to look awesome. Squarespace will make it easy for him to keep it updated over the years. Head to squarespace.com slash ungenius for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ungenius to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain name. That's squarespace.com slash ungenius and the offer code ungenius to get you 10% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of the show and the Ungenius Olympics. Now, let me tell you, Stephen, the Climber Magazine website could... could to use his help from Squarespace. Really? It's not, not great. It doesn't work very well. I'll tell you that. But they publish six magazines a year, so mm. I still don't know what they were doing between the 1980s and 1990s. <laughs> oh, I wonder, actually. Maybe it wasn't around. They were building this website. what they were doing. <laughs> That's the one thing I haven't considered. Maybe Climber Magazine wasn't, wasn't around, you know? Mm. I didn't think about that. I'm struggling to find uh, when they're for... If that's the case, I will let them off. Okay. Only this once, though. To round out today's episode, <laughs> and then just finish my vendetta with this very small niche magazine, uh, let's explore the world of land sailing, where racers pilot wheeled vehicles powered by sails designed to capture the wind. References to this type of vehicle date back to the 5th century BCE in ancient China, when a, quote, wind-driven carriage was able to carry, get this, 30 people at once. There you go, man. That's big, that's big time. Do it for your bachelor party in ancient China. Mm-hmm. From there, these vehicles pop up pretty regularly in history, making their way to Europe and even eventually someplace called the United States of America. The modern land yacht is a three-wheeled fiberglass cart with a T-shaped mast and relatively rigid sails. Somewhere along the way, people started racing these things. The Federation Internationale de Sand et Land Yachting, or FISLY, oversees official races divided into different events and classes of vehicle. Land yacht competitors come from around the world, 
and race on beaches, dried up lake beds, and even on frozen lakes where such things are handy. Dangerous. You, you don't see a lot of climbing over frozen lakes, though. Not no. a soft fall into a frozen lake. Maybe that is a thing. We just haven't found that sport yet. You know? Uh, Fizzly organizes races in its member countries, and every few years, they put together an international championship. As I mentioned, these race vehicles are sorted into various classes. They all have either three or four wheels and basically look like sailboats, but with, like, you know, wheels on them. The world <laughs> land speed record for a wind-powered vehicle was broken in March of 2009 by Britain Richard Jenkins in his yacht Greenbird with a speed of 126.1 miles an hour. <laughs> That's fast. Oh, Unreal. Oh, you do not want to crash one of those things. Let me tell you, that doesn't come from experience, though. Just, just mm. how I imagined it would be. Maybe we should start a magazine about it. Uh, what would I call it? Mm, winding. Winding? Winding magazine. Don't confuse it with Winding magazine. That's a different one. That's about magazine. watches. Uh-huh. This is cool. One day, land sailing may take place on other worlds if NASA scientist Jeffrey Landis has his way. That's, well, in 2012... Okay. <laughs> Okay. Hey, he's super pumped about it. Look, <laughs> All right. <laughs> the dude proposed this in 2012, that land sail could be used for propulsion of a rover on Venus and other planets. Mm. He then wrote an entire book about this five years later, titled, this is the full title, Land Sailing Venus Rover with NASA inventor Jeffrey Landis. Very focused book. He put his name in the name of the book. I just don't know how I feel about that. What's wrong with putting your name on the front of the book? People do that all the time. You should, I mean, as an author, but like... Have you seen the cover? No. Oh, boy. i got a treat for you. <laughs> Let's look at this. Let me send it to you, yeah. I mean, when you see it, you'll see that him having his name on the front of the book seems kind of okay, because there's, there's a lot more going on here. Like, you're not even going to pay attention to this. Mm. It's an explosion of lightning? Ooh. Yeah. Look, Venus is a bad place. Uh-huh. Okay, his name is sort of separated from the title, yeah. so it, it's better in per, in design than in writing. Do you want a hardcover copy of this for your house? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I feel like it's something you would enjoy, though, you know? Uh, I think I'm good. No offense, Jeffrey. Our thanks to Mikhail for sending in this topic. Well, they sent in combative juggling, and then it just spiraled from there. Yeah. If you want to read more uh, about these three weird sports or hear three more episodes that we've done in the past about weird sports, all that is in our show notes at relay.fm slash ingenious slash 147. If you have a topic on Wikipedia you'd like to see us cover, send it to us on Twitter. The show is at ungenious. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E. You can follow me on Twitter as I-S-M-H. And until our next fall into the sea, Mike, say goodbye. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.